0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Abortion with Love. Today's episode is a pretty special one. I'm sorry it's late. It was difficult to edit, but now it's out, and I hope you enjoy it. It's a recording of a conversation I had with my mom back in October when I was visiting my parents in Madrid. I wanted to talk to her about her feelings around me working with abortion and starting an abortion podcast. Growing up, I knew my mom wasn't too keen on abortions. She grew up in Venezuela, and she's a Catholic. And in the very, very few conversations that we've had about abortion while I was growing up, she had made it quite clear that abortions were a very sad thing. My mom, of course, always understood that there was circumstances where one would really need an abortion, and therefore it should be legal and accessible. But I think in general, she felt that it's a really awful thing to have to do and that we should do everything we can to avoid being in that situation. I guess it's pretty obvious that I no longer share the same views as her. Um, And eventually I ended up working with abortion, and every time I brought up a project that I was working on, I could feel that there was resistance from her side. I think that at the time, she couldn't understand why I wasn't spending that time and energy on projects around contraception or sexual education or just ways to educate people in order to avoid unwanted pregnancies. But since I started this podcast, we've had many conversations around this, and I think that she now understands why this work is important. And more importantly, she has accepted that we don't have to agree on everything and that she can support me and the work I do regardless, and that's been really, really beautiful. It has been really beautiful for me to witness my mom open up and see how she's open to learning and that she is open to challenging her own views um it means a lot to me that she listens to all of my episodes she sends me feedback she shares the podcast with her friends and and I can't imagine that it's easy to have a daughter that has grown up with different views and different priorities um and I think it's really admirable that she can look past those differences and that those differences don't get in the way of us loving each other and supporting each other um and I think that despite being a point of tension this conversation around abortion has actually brought us closer together Because it's opened up for conversations um, where we've really had to listen to each other. And yeah, I think that it's also um, opened up for her to share some experiences around her life and her experiences around pregnancy. And that's been really, really beautiful. So I invited my mom to record a conversation about all of this. On this episode, she shares her own views around abortion and explains what parts of my views she finds really hard to accept I ask her how she feels about me having a podcast and we talk about what that has meant to our relationship and we talk about how sometimes it's really hard for us to let go of expectations from each other and be able to just respect that we're both adults with our own opinions and experiences and learning to have to stop trying to influence um, each other so much. In the end, she shares her own experiences around pregnancy and miscarriage, and I think that's a really touching moment of our conversation. It's a really humbling part about growing up to realize that our parents are human and that they're complicated people, that they aren't perfect, and also that they have whole worlds inside of them that we have no idea about and experiences that they've never shared with us and lives before we were born that we have, you know, maybe no clue about. So it's been very cool to grow up and finally be a person that my mom can share those things with. While I was editing the episode, I started to doubt if I should publish it even. Um, Some parts of it are quite uncomfortable for me to listen to. I can tell that we're both nervous and defensive, and I feel like sometimes I was trying to get deeper into a conversation um, about our emotions, or our relationship, and I felt like maybe my mom wasn't as willing to do that, which, of course, is understandable. It's really scary to talk with a huge mic in front of your face about a sensitive topic, and especially in a language that isn't your mother tongue. Um, And it's also the first time that my mom and I have sat down to talk intentionally about this, so there's perhaps a bit more pressure because of that. But I'm deciding to publish it anyway, obviously, I think. um, Exactly because it's so raw and awkward, it's just much more honest. And it is the conversation that we had, and there's no way to um, script that. And it just goes to show that these conversations are difficult to have. And um, like the reason I even wanted to record this conversation with my mom and put it on the podcast in the first place is because I can imagine that this tension is relatable to a lot of people. I think many of us have core values or beliefs that don't align so neatly with the people in our lives that we're close to and there are certain topics that we know we'll never agree on and that's not necessarily only on abortion or even maybe abortion is not one of those topics for you but there's always going to be topics that i think are harder to have with our parents um but luckily for me i think this podcast has created a bridge for my mom and i where we can meet each other halfway knowing that there's you know some things that we fundament- fundamentally fundamentally Won't agree on, and that's okay, and that we can still talk about it, and that we can still um, respect each other's opinions, and we can still love each other, and um, yeah. A little trigger warning, while my mom is supportive of abortions and she believes that people should have access to safe and legal abortions, there are some situations where she draws the line, and so some things she says could be considered stigmatizing, specifically her views around people who have several abortions or don't take abortions seriously enough. And a really big apology on the bad sound on this episode. This is the first conversation I'm recording in person. And let's just say we don't have very good mic technique. So you're going to hear a lot of fist banging against the table. You're going to hear tea slurping, cat noises, and just a lot of background noise. I'm very sorry. And remember, we're all entitled to our own opinions and beliefs. You may not agree with some of the things said in this episode, and that's totally okay. I invite you to continue these conversations with your own community anyway. Um, And you're always invited to contact me to share your own thoughts um, or if you ever have feedback. So yeah. Here we go. Hi, my name is Camilla, and this is Abortion with Love, a podcast dedicated to reclaiming the ways that we talk about abortion.
1: I always saw you doing doing something for others. Because it brings clarity of work. We want to be a world. We want to be with Hello, my <laughs> sweet girl. <laughs>
0: Thanks for being willing to talk to me.
1: Absolutely, I'm always willing to talk to you.
0: <laughs> I'm a little bit emotional. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so do you have any specific question, or do you prefer for me to start talking about my mm. entire process regarding... Maybe. I yeah? think
0: what I have... The reason I... I've been thinking a lot about talking to you about abortion on the podcast is because I guess we have had disagreements about it.
1: Mm, yeah. Well, I think that we have differences in the degrees yeah. of how agreeable we are to the idea yeah, of an abortion. Exactly.
0: And I think that prior to me working with abortion, my first first time learning about abortion was through you and that that came with perhaps a certain, like, bias of your upbringing that also made me view abortion in a more negative light. But then I um, started working with it, and I think it came from, like, my interest in gender equality and that it started like that, and then becoming, like, as more I started to study gender studies, got getting more interested in kind of all the taboos around sex and all the ways that women are... Uh, controlled in their reproduction and then that kind of took me to to work with abortion rights and then um I think that me working with that has kind of bridged a certain gap of under like between you and me in our views on it because perhaps when I started working with abortion you weren't as excited about the idea and um And so I thought maybe we could have like this conversation because I think a lot of people who are working with abortion or who are really like pro-choice and really supportive of abortion rights maybe have family members who don't see eye to eye completely. And that this can be a very hard conversation to have with people who you love and care about because it's a sensitive topic and disagreements can strain a relationship sometimes. And I think that, that luckily hasn't necessarily happened to us but that maybe other people listening can feel like inspired that that they can talk to their parents or loved ones or family or whoever it is to kind of encourage people to have those like conversations with others about it.
1: Well, I don't know if I'm the best character to (laughs) impersonate a a struggle or in, in, in a relationship because, well, actually, as, as you know, I, I, I am really supportive of people who really uh, is facing a, a you know difficulties on, on going on with a yeah. uh, pregnancy. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent towards uh, the, the helping and supporting yeah. that person, of course. Yeah. And uh, well, just to put the whole uh, the whole thing in yeah, the, into a context.
0: Let's start like that. Let's yeah. Start with your with your like views and. Yeah. Where you're coming from.
1: Well, I, I, as you know very well, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm coming, I, I come from a, a Catholic family. Um, I'm in, actually, my, my relationship with religion is more, uh, yeah. spiritual than, than the rigors of the institution or, and I have my own perception of what, uh, Jesus' teachings were. I, I feel it more like a huge, uh, a huge personality in history, like Gandhi could have been or, yeah. uh, and I think nothing. I, I mean, you can agree or disagree with the institution, but yeah. you cannot ag- agree or disagree. You cannot disagree with what actually a Jesus was history. trying to yeah. teach, yeah. which was basically love and understanding and, yeah. Uh, comprehension yeah. towards the, the other person. So I, I grew up in, in, in that context and, and I actually believe that I am more uh, let's say spiritual than the rest of my family used to be because I grew in another direction. Yeah. That said I have I, I, the first recollection of a discussion that I have had uh, in, uh, when I was a young uh, woman it was 1984. I was a starting a university. and was uh, the we first were...
0: time you heard about or remember about abortion. Or...
1: No, no, of course I... I remember well, of yeah. course, uh, when I was growing up. Of course, that was a scene. Of course, that uh, as a result, if you if you have an um, unwanted relationship, it must uh, it, it is a result of uh, you being a crazy teenager uh, having sex, uh, you know, without protection. Uh, protection and and it's uh, always let's say penalizing or putting all the the, the guilt on top of of the. Woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, an abortion for a young, uh, for an adult was nothing that I heard of. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it was always about a crazy teenager who was not responsible or was, you know, uh, a little bit uh, slut, you know, and that's the the perception that you had, that I had in in the 80s when I became a teenager. Uh, But I entered into the university at 17 and I was uh, very, very young when uh, these uh, posters were all over the university about uh, that it was going to be a presentation, a uh, discussion about abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it happened to be uh, in a, see, like a theater at the university and uh, like a
0: conference room, or
1: something like, like a conference room, but very big and, and very well organized Uh, And then uh, we, my friends and and I who were there had a very disgusting perception of how it was presented. Mm -hmm. There were at the beginning some videos on how the abortion was executed. And then actually, I think I remember
0: you telling me this when I was
1: a kid. Yeah. And actually, you can see the the
0: little fetus. So here, my mom goes on to describe the video that she had to watch during this presentation, and it's really graphic and macabre. So I decided to remove it, yeah.
1: and uh, and then it w- they were really very shocking images. Yeah. But yeah. nevertheless, at the end of all the videos and the presentations, that was uh, I that was um, what. What really shocked us, and we were against the the people who were making the presentation because we understood that they were um, like uh, the Lopus Dei or a, a religious group mm-hmm. who was trying to underline the guilt surrounding it. The entire presentation was against women or was addressed. To women at the entire presentation the message was you have to avoid sex you have to be more religious you have to be more and yeah. then of course although I I disagree I, I mean I was shocked and I thought That's that awful. it was awful mm-hmm. uh, I also was shocked by these rich people who came because actually it was uh, the, the the hair of a big fortune who I found out during the presentation was supporting this kind of of talking mm-hmm. uh, uh, around the universities yeah. i was very mm, disturbed and i was against and and a friend of mine and and, and me were, were very outspoken we asked to talk and then we we told this person that she was not in the situation to um, to criticize on to put guilt yeah. into women that are far, far away from the, uh, the privileged life that she lived. Yeah. She put herself as a, as an example because she has three healthy chil- children. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the, the last child that she had was a girl. She, ha- she has a, a Down syndrome.
0: So my mom's about to explain why she thinks it's problematic for this woman to use her kid, who has Down syndrome, as an argument for why abortions should be prohibited. Um, if you don't want to listen to that, I suggest you skip ahead about a minute.
1: And then she said that that she was the best uh, that happened to her family, that they they love her a lot, and that he will never uh, cross her mind to abort him. Her, even if she knew that she was, she had Down syndrome, yeah. and then I told her that that was that was extremely um, comfortable for her to say because she she's a millionaire. Actually, yeah, a I found out. Yeah, resources too. exactly. Actually, I found out that the girl was in an internship in the United States. That she had, of course, probably she she went once a month to to spend one weekend with that girl. But uh, but she was not even if if she has servants and drivers and all the f- possibilities in her life she was not living with with the family mm-hmm. at all. So I thought that it was extremely hypocritical uh, of her. But that that being said, I have uh, I always and I think that that was what I told you when you were a teenager. Yeah. Uh, it's not a desirable situation. Yeah. that's my point I mean in and if you remember well every time we have have a conversation about this, my point is that this is not something that you look for this is not something that you have to provoke and the best way I think is and 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 I found very difficult somebody uh, disagreeing with me is that, you have to prevent that situation because your there's a strength for your psyche It's a strength for your body as well and i i'm as a religion person i am and i i am not a puritan i have a lot of friend uh boyfriends before meeting meeting your father and marrying your father and i i'm can only be grateful for the fact that i was i never faced that situation right. you know if i had had uh, an, a pregnancy. When I was living in in my family, you know how violent my father was. I know that hitting and shouting was going to be involved, and and I don't think there is not a teenager in this planet who who wants to 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 go through that. Yeah. So, uh, of course, it, it it shocked me because you were always involved when I knew that you were going to dedicate your efforts towards this, um, cause. I, it shocked me because, well, you were always involved in saving moon bears mm-hmm. and, and saving uh, children who, who were abandoned orphans who, who had a cleft palate and you were fundraising. I help you. I have always been yeah. supportive, supportive of all the endeavors and all yeah. the fundraising and the activities that you have, uh, started during your um, childhood. childhood and, and, and teenage. Um, when, when you told me that this is what you wanted to do, I, it shocked me because it was always, in a way, to defend the, 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 the weaker, the weaker uh, of any situation, right?
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, I think I always have really looked up to you about how you how religion for you is a very personal thing. And like, I always use the example of you. uh, I mean, growing up, Sebastian and I were going to church with you and we were, went through our first communion and eventually, I mean, at the end of the day, the choice was up to us if we wanted to continue or not. And of course I understand that it was difficult for you to perhaps accept that neither of your kids really wanted to take that same wrote as you. And I really respected that about you that you never forced anything towards Sebastian and I, but let us come to our own decision. And I think that that's something that I've also really respected about you that um, you view abortion in a certain light because of your upbringing and because of your religion. But you would never deny that right to anybody else from having an abortion. And I think that there's just been a difference because I remember growing up or when I started to work with abortion, the question often came from you, like, why don't you spend this time and energy on education. On, on sex sexual education, yeah. on contraceptives. And it's been a continuous effort for me to try to show you that there will always be a need for abortion, even if contraceptives are widely accessible and free. I mean, currently they are not widely accessible mm-hmm. nor free. Um, and I think that that's a fight
1: that we have to. Of course, that the and world that com- have to right,
0: make. and that comes yeah. with it. And the same with a sex sex education; it's an important part of reproductive justice. But I guess my growth in this work went from being a really strong supporter of abortion. I continue to be, of course, but recognizing that my fight for Safe and accessible and uh, free abortion for people is coupled very strongly with the fight for recognizing people's rights to be parents because that's also a huge injustice that continues to happen that a lot of a lot of people are not seen as legitimate parents. A lot of groups and communities who who are disproportionately affected by like maternal mortality, by lack of social support and welfare, uh, people of color, dis- people with disabilities, indigenous people, indigenous people who are who facing prohibitions, and prohibition in people who are in prison. All of this is a, a part of reproductive justice, and, and that comes down to recognizing that it's people's decision to form the families they want to form and be supported in that, in whatever happens. And that has to do with abortion as well as raising children. And the fact is that there is, even if there was all the social support that existed, which currently there is. So of if course there's all these like a kid. social aspects that are stopping people from being able to raise children in a safe environment. Um, which might lead them to want to have abortions, but some people also just don't want kids or don't want kids right now, or and even they do
1: have and they do have to face recrimination from from the society as well. At least that that's what happens to, to uh, certain friends of of mine who said that they have always been criticized for not wanting by family parents. or friends, and they say that they are. Uh, selfish, they are thinking only about yeah. themselves and not the society for their decision not to have kids. Yeah. And it, it is, it right. is. I think that it, it it is a personal realm. It's a, a very private thing. Yeah, and I hundred percent support a person who takes the decision, even if if it is a fourteen years old girl or if it is a thirty eight old married woman who is. Uh, facing problems in uh, economic, uh, pro- economical uh, or, not. or not, mm-hmm. but she doesn't feel like, like having a a third kid or a fourth or a fifth kid, at or that even a first, or even a uh, first, of course. And and then she takes that decision. Uh I I have to I have to underline that I hundred percent support. Uh, the freedom yeah. of deciding over your own body. Yeah. And, and then I, my, the part that I am 100% supportive of, of any uh, work related to a pro a choice and, and, and uh, supportive to, to, to people who want to, to have an abortion is to eliminate the gray and, and dark areas of the abortion practice where young people is, if they don't have the resources, have to go to a favela to, to have an abortion in the in unsanitary conditions, risking her lives and risking her future possibilities of having a child uh, with a, a hunger, a close yeah. hunger. I mean, I've heard and I've read horrible, yeah, horrible, yeah. Stories about that, and I think that that situations have to be fight right. against, and and these uh, world have to be eliminated, and the same way that rich teenagers or 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 adults who have to go to clinics and be charged very very high um, fees for having an illegal abortion, even in the best uh, conditions yeah. in a private clinic, but they are charged. Fortunes because the the doctor is doing that yeah. uh, illegally and yeah. he's risking his license. Yeah. So this is a situation that the, the the government is getting involved into, and uh, it is a real that they, they they shouldn't have any work but to create the sanitary and the, yeah. the, the safe conditions for women of to course. make their own decision. So, that said, what I really wanted to to always transmit to you, and and then probably you nowadays you don't agree. But me being a, a parent, I felt that it was my responsibility to to tell you that this is not a nonchalant decision. This is not. I, I told you that I was shocked when I arrived to China in 1993. I remember that we met this girl. Uh, they were they were actually two. Two friends that yeah. were always together. One was a French, and the other one was a Chinese who speak uh, who speaks uh, very good uh, English. and And she was always in in the foreigners uh, groups where there were not many Chinese yeah. getting involved with foreigners back then in in 1993. And I remember that uh, she was telling us totally nonchalant. That she had, she she couldn't come the day after to a trekking we were making because she just had an abortion that afternoon, and I I I'm sure that I show in my face a kind of reaction because she said, but no, do not worry, this is the sixth time I've I've done this, nothing nothing to worry about. This is tomorrow I'm going to be okay, but I probably don't go trekking tomorrow. Yeah, uh, and. And then I, it shocked me because she was talking about it like if she was, you know, was the sixth time that I go, I don't know, surfing or the sixth time, I, I mean, like something that doesn't have any reper- 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 repercussion in her life or in the lives of six embryos. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it's my personal opinion. Right. And, and I, I, even if I totally open... About the abortion in the terms we just mentioned, oh, sure. I think that it is uh, that is something sacred and I think about it. Not only not only the embryo and the, that being to be yeah. who was going to be some some somebody, but also towards you and your body. Your body is sacred. Sure,
0: but I think that that is, uh, I guess, where we have disagreed the most i think about this because of course both of us are on the same page that you know abortions don't stop happening because they're illegal it just forces exactly. people mm-hmm. into more dangerous situations mm-hmm. we also both recognize that there's that abortion can be life-saving for people who are going through health care problems with their pregnancy they're also life-saving for people who are in very um difficult situations in their own life we're raising a child is not safe and yeah but I think where we disagree a lot is where I I'm not saying that abortion is a nonchalant thing but what I'm saying is that the attitude about it is different for everyone and that maybe perhaps it's a sad thing for you because you saw the embryo as a as a life that has started but for some people that isn't how they see it and that's not something to discuss because nobody will ever agree on that. For some people, the life starts at conception and that's totally fine, but also you know, some some lives will then ha- like have to end and that's also how it is. And for you that can be a sad thing, but for someone that's not necessarily a sad thing or maybe it's sad in a in a different way. Hmm. But I don't necessarily like to get into statistics or evidence because i don't think it's necessarily helpful if people fundamentally just disagree on a ideological level about certain things but in terms of how abortions affect mental health or your physical body there's no research to show that it has a detrimental effect what has a detrimental effect is stigma the grief and the trauma and the sense of isolation that comes from having an abortion and not being able to tell anybody or knowing that your family or your community is going to reject you if they ever find out that is what has detrimental effects or maybe not detrimental, but long lasting effects on someone's psyche. I, we,
1: I, I 100% but mean. having
0: six abortions doesn't necessarily, that, that in itself doesn't affect your psyche and having six abortions also doesn't affect, I, I guess it depends on your own like physical health, but there's no evidence that shows that that has detrimental effects to your health or your fertility. So I think that all of those ways that we've learned of all the negative consequences of an abortion come from a very stigmatizing place of trying to convince people that this is something wrong. I mean, it's kind of similar. We've had this conversation around like circumcision that, that there's a whole uh, discourse around why babies born with penises should be circumcised because it has all this health benefits and like pleasure benefits. I mean, there's all this discourse around why you should, but it's obviously. Which is also
1: not proved. Exactly. There are studies that prove actually the The opposite.
0: opposite. Right. So it's all, I guess it's who is, who is responsible of making that research or that information and spreading that information. And I think a lot of facts in quotation marks that we I think we know about abortion come from a stigmatizing place. And so I guess my responsibility or that I feel a responsibility through this podcast to kind of break those taboos. And there's a lot of people out there who are kind of um, trying to disprove those myths around abortion and show that they are just myths. That's not necessarily my role with this podcast. I guess my role with the podcast is to just try to have more open conversations, but I think that's like, I guess, where you and I have disagreed because I know that you see the situation in China. Well, unfortunately, now China has
1: restricted abortion a lot. Because, well, again, we, we go back to the beginning of control. It's a government right. who is deciding over your body whether you have to have more kids or you don't have yeah. a chance to have more than one kid. Yeah, they exactly. were practicing force abortions yeah in the 70s and if you, you and that well, is
0: I, I mean a for it's a forced abortion to to say that you're only allowed to have one child exactly that is nevertheless exactly well that
1: was the root why this 25 year ago a year's old girl was having an abortion every every few of course few months because it was totally legal in china and it was that I think that we have this conversation before as well. The abortion was uh, conceived as another um, contraceptive. So
0: here, my mom and I start discussing the situation in China, specifically around one-child policy and contraception and reproductive control um, by the state. I don't feel comfortable posting this part of the conversation on the podcast because neither of us are experts on this on the subject. Well, we both did live there for a very long time, and we both have um, certain experiences and opinions, and that's valid. But they're also not generalizable, and I don't think it's really our place to be um, to be saying some of the things that we say in this part of the conversation.
1: Sí, eso lo podemos redondear, vale. que porque, o sea, puedo yo decir que que no me parece ni que el camino sea la victimización, la claro. criminalización y la penalización y el y la el, el criticismo social, pero tampoco me parece claro. en la otra dirección sí. que sea una política de, de 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 un país porque necesitamos más gente claro. o sea, eh, eh, Ya. que o sea que me parece que todo tiene que tiene que estar envuelto en, en amor como bien lo dices tú eh, cuando la persona ya haya tomado la decisión claro pero que no debería haber eh, eh, digamos empuje, pu, eh, eh, estímulos positivos Obviamente. en una dirección o en la otra claro ¿no? la gente no se le puede no, no no creo que o sea que la campaña
0: porque todo eso es Es un tipo de control, ¿no? Esos estímulos de un lado al otro son un tipo de control. uh, De control claro, sí. And we both agree with that, that any kind of coercion or control, like the state's responsibility is to make sure that healthcare is there and it's accessible to people and that it's validating to people, right? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, obstetric violence is still a very big problem for people who are, uh, continuing with a pregnancy and giving birth, as well as for people who experience abortions in legal settings, that you know healthcare professionals treat them badly, and that's all kind of a form of social coercion because it's kind of in in those situations the healthcare professional is kind of saying like you're now being punished for having taken this decision, and that's. In everything that I'm doing, standing against any form of punishment, whether that's social punishment or formal forms of punishment. And I think that people who decide to have abortions multiple times or need to have abortion multiple times, regardless of their motives to doing it, if it's because they don't use contraceptives, uh, you know, therefore have gotten several unwanted pregnancies or because they're in a situation where against their will have gotten pregnant several times, Mm -hmm. you know, in all these spectrums, you don't know someone's story. And so because they sound nonchalant, maybe it is not nonchalant for them. Maybe they, you know, maybe it is a difficult experience for them. They just don't want to share that with you.
1: Yeah. Or maybe it's
0: not a difficult experience and that's also okay because maybe it was just like going and getting your nails done for some people. And you may you don't have to agree with that, but you also, or like not you, mom, but anybody is also not in the position to judge that person. Or I don't think that
1: them. anybody is in the position to of, of judging course. anybody else for whatever right. And decision there's a really- as far as that person is not going to put the consequences of of those free taken decisions. uh, that other people have to yeah. take the consequences as well. Yeah, of course, it's it's your decision. And,
0: and um, there's a really interesting story in one of my episodes. Um, someone I interviewed worked at a clinic, uh, and they provided abortions, especially for a lot of undocumented people in the U.S. A lot of people from yes. Latin America, and she remembers one person who was coming in for her sixth or seventh or eighth abortion. And uh, she was a Latin American woman and uh, was explaining herself and said, You know, I would rather sin like six times by having six abortions than sin every day by taking contraceptive pills. Because in her, re- in the religion that she follows, even taking any kind of contraceptive is yeah. against yeah, God's yeah. will. Right. Well,
1: it's <clears throat> the interpretation of. Uh... Uh, some scriptures written more than two. Yeah, 20, and,
0: and it's not for me to tell her that that's yourself. not true or for you to tell her, like, no, that's not what the Bible says or that's wrong or that's outdated. Like, that's not my role and exactly. it's not my place to do that. I can just support her so she doesn't have to feel ashamed or alone in, in that experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, saying things like "Oh, that person's probably having a struggle to be pregnant now because they had several abortions before" is stigmatizing because it's putting as if like this is some kind of punishment because you did something wrong.
1: Well, that's I believe why uh, most of the political regimes are against education and information uh, because it's much more. Easier to manipulate somebody who is not well informed, right. or who is not educated, who is not prepared yeah. to to fight and to be critical about yeah. these kind of conceptions yeah. or, or, or statements. Right. Uh, I think this is a really again. I think it's a it's a problem that it's bigger than abortion actually. Yeah, of far-right regimes or left-right regimes, basically what they do is try to keep people under their control by creating this kind of, you know, rules or restrictions based on religion or based on the general well-being of the society or or the cause or, you know, the new, our homeland or whatever. so there is a bigger problem regarding everything, and I agree with you that the fight has to be uh, dedicated to inform and yeah, actually put both both uh, yeah. scenarios or both situations clearly explained for people t- to be informed and to take their own decisions. Right,
0: to bring it on then a more like personal level between us. I feel like me growing up with knowing your beliefs about abortion and knowing that, of course, you understood that there was a need for it and that people have abortions and therefore they should be able to access abortions safely. Mm -hmm. I also understood that for you, this was a really sad decision to have to make and something that is never desirable. Then when I had my abortion, I didn't feel that I could share that with you because I thought that you would... Be disappointed in me
1: yeah well I think that that's your perception uh, you you took that decision and both decisions right to take to have the abortion you're not telling me yeah. in advance but then you take you took the second decision of telling me afterwards yeah uh, but I think that again this is the, the realm of of your power and your self-control yeah. and your individuality, right? And I also have the power of my individuality and and to keep and to maintain my beliefs. Yeah, of course. And I think that we shouldn't feel affected by by the the decision that the other person who, that we love. Uh, Influence in, of in us because I also have the the right to feel of course. sad. I mean, you are my daughter, and I love you. And I am. I first I will have chosen to be there with you if I had the opportunity yeah. to, to to choose. Yeah. I didn't have that opportunity. And uh, and then and then afterwards, I also have the the right of feeling that if I had. A magic wand like I always told you every time you fell down, every time you had problems with your grades uh, at school or you have a problem with a friend, a, be- a beloved friend who was living and I always told you if I have a magic wand that won't have happened to you yeah. because I just moved my wand and that didn't happen or, or before I- it happened and I, I that's the way I feel and I think that we shall respect each other. Of course. Because I'm not going to change
0: that. Of I course, but don't you, I don't wish that you could have done anything about it with your magic wand because I don't regret my decision and it was not a difficult decision for me. Okay. And it's okay. something that gave me an opportunity to learn about myself and about my needs and about my relationship with my partner at the time. And so I guess that's why that's what I mean that I was scared by the time I told you I have enough time had passed that I knew that your opinions or beliefs or emotions around it wouldn't affect me that I would by the time I told you I knew that I had I was maybe strong enough to take that if you were sad that I could take that and witness it without being affected by it. But maybe at the time, I didn't feel like I could Take on your emotions as well as my own emotions. Because yeah,
1: that is a good. I mean, that's a, uh, a good point. Yeah. and I think that you took a decision uh, for your well-being. Yeah, I don't think that parents are indestructible. Ind- I don't of think course. that parents don't commit mistakes. Of I course, have, of course. I am a, I'm a bucket of mistakes myself, and I I sometimes act against my own well-being. Because the way I am. Right. And I don't think that anybody is. Um, Como se dice um, um, Unfailable? I
0: don't know.
1: Well, I don't think. Nobody is perfect. perfect. Yeah. Nobody is perfect. But I, I think that in a relationship between mother and and daughter, there is a moment that uh, you have to t- take the decision. I think it happens first for 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 the mother, and later on for the for the daughter. That we love each other, we respect each other. There are things that I like about you, and there are things that I don't like that much, and and the other way around. But there is a moment that I cannot take the decisions for you. Not not only that I cannot take decisions for you any longer, which is. Of course, very obvious. Yeah. But that there are certain areas that I cannot I am not the person able to help you. Yeah, of course. Because there are there is there will be friction and of there course. will be and we have to respect that and we love each other for, for that. Of course. I have a lot of friends and uh and I know for which friends I can go to museums and for which friends I can go to movies of and course. for other friends I can just have a, a glass of wine and, and, and eat some cheese and crackers because they hate the, the activities that I love.
0: Yeah, of course. But I
1: don't love them less, of less for, for that, you know? Of course, in a relationship, a parent-child relationship is much more stronger, meaningful and, 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 and durable. Uh, than many, most of friendships. Yeah. Uh, in other cases, it could be the other way around. Right. There are there are ch- children that cannot stand their parents, and they they only visit each other for Christmas and Thanksgiving. That is another situation that it happens. Right. right? I hope, and I have all uh, have invested a lot of time and effort in my life that our relationship is the best we yeah. can we can manage. Of course. And that we don't affect, uh, the, we don't get affected by the situations where we feel that we cannot go beyond that point. Because you are not going to force me to do things, and I am not of going course. to force you to do uh, other things. I mean, we have had conversations about uh, sex and about reproduction in a very uh, objective way, in a nonchalant way, because we are talking about. An organism mm-hmm. and and a reproduction system, mm-hmm. and, but the moment we talk about my sexual life or your sexual life, it is not easy. Yeah, it, there is there is some friction, there is discomfort in some words or in some situations. Of course, there is there is some judgment from your side to to me, and and then there is some, let's say. Um, instructions or, or or ways of telling you what I think you should or you should not that you feel that I'm interfering in your in your individuality. And, and that and, and in that case probably there are other parents, child, children relationships where they talk about sex without any any problem, you know, and, and they, right. I mean there are there are several situations and several points of views, and uh, I think uh, I, in my case, I try to be as open and as welcoming and as understandable as my strength yeah. takes me. Yeah. And I, I have tried my best, and and then you have um, aspirations for other. Things that I should have said or not said or done or not done.
0: But I guess that, as everything is both ways. I yeah. mean, I guess how I see it is that if there's not a space for open communication without judgment and without shame, and mm-hmm. yeah, of then it gets reproduced, right? That if something is a topic of conversation that is taboo, then it's Going to be for a long time strained. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, the tense.
1: Um, yeah, there is there is tension, but of course there is a, stre- a, a, a certain amount of road uh, that you the way that you walk in one direction and to the other direction to f- to to find a meeting point. Right. and find a meeting point uh, means understanding. It means uh, um, to be open about the other person's positions, yeah. and, and, and also to, for, for in an adult relationship, there must be, you should reach a point where you, you don't feel that you deserve, or you, uh, both ways, right? Uh, uh, for the mom, the daughter has to obey, or to follow rules, or to do this and, and do no. that, right? And then there is a moment that the mom shall, shall understand this is the, the exact point where I have to accept my, my child is an adult and I cannot interfere or yeah. expect or wait behaviors or decisions from the right. other person. What I, the, the job I have to do has is already done. Yeah. It's over. From now on, there's two adults in, a, in an adult relationship. Yeah. And also the other way around. There, there must be a moment in a in a in a daughter's life where it, it happens to me very very early in my life. It, I was, I was twenty one years old. Yeah, and I knew that I could not expect for any any economical support from my parents or any kind of support whatsoever or any time or any favor yeah. or anything. It it happened. Very early in my life, yeah. uh, for a uh, daughter, you know, sometimes it comes later. You you know that you can always reach out to your parents for economic support, for uh, whatever support. Uh, help me to do this or or that, and and the parents are unconditional, which is beautiful, oh, which is really very beautiful. But it it also has repercussions because the other person never 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 uh, finish her process to adulthood
0: are you talking about me now or are you no 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 her?
1: I'm talking no, actually I'm thinking about somebody else yeah. but but uh, a friend of mine, yeah you know I, I, what I'm saying is that I will I couldn't be the kind of person who will like a friend of mine. Uh, well, if the daughter wants the abortion, she takes it. She, if the, bo- the, bo- the daughter wants to go to Dubai, she will pay the, the, the air ticket because the boyfriend has to go. I mean, it is unrestricted. And, and the mom feels cool about that because, no, I'm a friend of, of my daughter. You know, uh, uh, okay, this is your, your, your point of view. Yeah. But I think that you are not letting her grow up ever.
0: I mean, I think that allowing or supporting someone you love in an abortion is quite different to paying their of flight tickets to see their boyfriend.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah, of course. But what I mean is that friend of mine...
0: Yeah. Right, but I mean, it's everybody has a different style of parenting, and it's not
1: yeah, for us exactly. to say that
0: they're doing it wrong or right.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, everyone just is... At least we hope that everybody's doing their best. Yeah. Yeah. And how how did you feel when you found out I was gonna start this podcast?
1: Well, I told you right away, very straightforward. I I will I mean, if I could uh have influenced you or, or give you my opinion or if I had a, a, a wish. <laughs> Uh, I, I told you that I will have better. Heard. See you opening a podcast on education on reproduction, reproductions and, uh, uh, education on, and information on, uh, how to, uh, uh especially, uh, a, a young woman respect her body and, and, and make the, the, the others respect her. Yeah. You, you, you were in an international school where there were people from all over the world and we knew uh, about young women, young girls who were using their bodies as a way of fighting uh, the, the first place in the popularity show right uh and not not having pl- pleasure for for uh, pleasure for themselves but to to be the cool one or to be and and i think that there is a lot of room into uh creating a a a healthy image yeah for what does it mean to be a young girl and, and make the others respect you yeah. through adolescence. Yeah. It's an extremely difficult time. Yeah. And uh, I don't think uh, there is enough done there. I mean, I told you that not only in, in the government... Or in official institutions, but in NGOs, et cetera, there is, there is a lot of room for education. Of course. Uh, and, and, and just as I said, prevent problems, not only unwanted pregnancies, but, ehm, um, HIVs and, uh, sexually transmitted diseases, uh, sexually transmitted diseases and, and, and all, all that, I think. Yeah. Well in conclusion what what happened to me is that I I will rather see you attacking the problem from the beginning than attacking the consequence of the problem but that was my first reaction and uh, you already convinced me that you cannot of course attack the monster all the fa- all the different heads of the medusa because all of them are poisonous okay so now I I learn about how seriously you take the podcast, and uh, I follow your episodes. I I am extremely proud of how you ha- uh, has creating this rhythm. You your your voice tone your the 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 way you conduct the program is is really. Very professional. It is beautiful. I think that you will tackle and address the different opinions in a, in, a, in, a, in a beautiful way. If I only, if I have the the possibility of telling you uh, something, is that there must there should be a room for for that aspect of you know abortion with with love when you are in that position and when the person when all your constituencies uh, feel the, uh, find themselves in in that situation yeah. uh, but again I don't I and this is something that we have to meet midway yeah is that i don't think that this is a desirable situation yeah. there is not an, an experiment let me see how it happens and let me know my body going through this process just I because don't think, I, yeah, yeah you know I mean, there must be a, a, you know how teenagers are and and how gregarian they are and and they they feel that they have to follow each other i have a
0: hard time to Imagine that there is people who get pregnant to, to have an abortion. I don't think that that is. Something yeah, yeah, important. of course. I mean, perhaps there exists. Probably, that,
1: I, 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 don't, I, I didn't put it.
0: Yeah, but I mean, in when the you correct say, ways, you know, but when uh, you say that someone wants to experiment to see how they're, like that's how it sounds that you think that people are having abortions. Because they
1: just want to. No, uh, prob- I didn't express myself well. I, okay. What I say, what I try to say is that, well, I don't take the pill or I don't take any contraceptive, but, uh, but if it happens, it happens. Uh, yeah. it happened to my friend who, and she did it and nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so if it, it happens, it happens. And I will, I will take right. a, I will, I will have an abortion. It's, yeah. it's not a big deal. That attitude, I think it's Yeah, it's and I guess not you and I will healthy. Yeah. never
0: agree on that, and that's yeah. fine, and I'm not here to convince you. Otherwise, you are totally entitled to that opinion, and mm. um, I disagree, and I think that I'm with a strong belief that any kind of language and discussion that at, to, at any, in any way shames people who who have an abortion in whatever circumstance or whatever way that they came to that decision, I think is detrimental because it's going to make somebody feel ashamed and sad and feel that, that they did something wrong. And that's a very heavy emotion to put somebody through for Mm -hmm. something that has happened all throughout history in all societies and long before like modern medicine.
1: Yeah. Um, well, it still happens besides modern of course, medicine. Of it, course, I mean, it still I mean, happens it, in the most... And
0: people had different ways of... Undisciable situations. Right, so. and people had different ways of controlling their fertility and controlling... People have always had that knowledge about their body and that, that knowledge has disappeared a lot because now we have periods and we don't even know, like, oh, my body is doing something, but we don't know what... We don't really understand what it's doing mm-hmm. or we don't we rely so much on external things to take care of our bodies. And we don't really, I think that we're maybe a little bit more disassociated with our uterus and with our reproductive capacity than, than maybe our ancestors before us were. Um, But yeah, I think it's been for me really nice to, I guess bridge that conversation with you through the podcast a little bit, because I know that you can listen to the podcast and you always let me know your opinions. Mm -hmm. Often they're really good. Sometimes you tell me like that you didn't appreciate how somebody talked about the topic or um, some things maybe that you disagree with. And that's okay because I'm not expecting people to agree with me or I don't want to change people's opinions. I guess what I want to do with the podcast is make sure that people are, coming into it with respect and love because um, someone who was on the podcast who I um, respect a lot and who's a really important figure in the abortion movement always says everybody loves someone who's had an abortion. And if you think that you don't know anybody who's having an abortion, mm. it's because nobody has told you.
1: No, I know a lot of people who have had an that, abortion and I so try to support yeah. them through the process. Yeah. And I try my, my best to, to feel them yeah uh, understood and supported. Yeah. Never I mean I have never uh the experience of somebody who, who close to me who who was taking yeah. me at nonchalant. Yeah. I, you know, so I had the opportunity to really be there and and, and yeah. try my best to Yeah that's
0: really beautiful. You know,
1: I I I, I accompanied a friend of mine when I was in university yeah. because she didn't want to tell her mom. Yeah. Fortunately she had a font a credit card or yeah, whatever. So so she, she used she paid for it and I didn't have to go to a, fabola, a favela fabela with her that that would have put me in a totally different yeah, situation course. because for me she, I was going with her through a safe yeah. procedure. Yeah. I, I don't know what could have said
0: yeah.
1: otherwise. Yeah. No.
0: And I think you have also opened up to me about like your own pregnancy experiences. I don't know if that's something that you feel comfortable talking about, but uh, I think it's been also very nice for me that you, because there's certain experiences that you feel certain like grief around.
1: Yeah, because, well, the first was... Um, I was, it wasn't, I wanted, it was, I wanted pregnancy. And I was very young. Uh, we were married for five years. And uh, that was the first time I found out that I was pregnant. And, yeah. I, and then I was so happy. Yeah. I, I was so, so happy. And uh, I lost the baby when when I was like five or six weeks, weeks and i had to go through a curettage yeah because i i didn't ex- expel the the, the fetus by, yourself. Uh, by myself it was kind of like solidified yeah. or something in my
0: uterus
1: in my uterus and it was not coming out yeah. and uh, and i had to go through a procedure yeah and it was really very very sad moment yeah you know uh two years later you came (laughs) yeah and i was really very very nervous through the entire pregnancy because i i I was i was thinking that that could happen again yeah and then afterwards your brother came and also very easy pregnancy and but i was always nervous again yeah because I didn't have more information in China. The ultrasounds were prohibited because people was having selective abortions yeah. in China. So the doctors were forbidden to tell you the sex of the baby. Yeah. Uh, so I I didn't know the the, the sex, which yeah. was not important for me. But Did you know, uh, I for was me? no but uh but i was really very uh, nervous that the lack of good technicians on yeah. on ultrasound could have you know uh, let go undetected all the yeah. problems so yeah. i was really very, very nervous but yeah. both of you came very healthy and it was beautiful and uh and after many years, I think that you were already your brother was eight or nine, and, and you were almost 13 uh, I got pregnant again. And uh, that was a really, very very difficult time, because schools in, for, for foreigners in China were really ridiculously ridiculously expensive. Yeah and the uh, air tickets and i mean all that it was uh our life was really very expensive and although we were both working we were you know having difficulties to make to, ends to make uh, ends meet at the end of of the month and uh and then that situation did not let me enjoy the uh, the, the news yeah. so when uh one a few weeks later, I went back to to the to the clinic to see how the baby was going. Actually, I I knew that I was pregnant, and the second uh, visit to the to the obstetrician to the gynecologist, few weeks later, uh, the he she told me that I was uh, the the baby was not there anymore. Yeah, there was not a heartbeat, and that was really very traumatizing for yeah. me because I felt guilty that because we had so many things on our heads yes. that economy-wise, economic-wise, it's not clever yeah. to have this baby and and all the difficulties that we were going to face and your father being 10 years older than me. And he said, well, but when this baby is finishing high school, I, I will be almost sixty, this is not a desirable situation. So all the conversations around the yeah. pregnancy was not were not the Positive, beautiful yeah. ones that we had twice before. Yeah. So when the baby was not there anymore, I felt very, very guilty and, and, and awful because yeah. that happened. But it's something that happens to women again because your 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 father, I mean we mentioned I mentioned it Oh, a few months ago, and he had no recollection yeah. of me having an abortion. A miscarriage. Uh, a miscarriage. I'm sorry, a miscarriage.
0: Yeah,
1: he he forgot the whole episode. He yeah. it didn't happen for him.
0: Did you feel that you had support when that was going on? Emotional support? No, no,
1: no because I also was in China. I was not with my close friends from childhood or yeah. from the university. I had good friends where we with whom you we had, had fun, but I had nobody whatsoever that uh, that could support me but i mean it was not in this case or any any other case for 25 years we lived in china totally isolated from the people we were close very close to so i i antonio was the only father was the only one who knew about it i didn't even tell my brother or of course my parents because we were, we don't have that kind of relationship, relationship that we tell each other um, intimate things, or yeah. they tell me a lot of their intimate things. <laughs> I, I cannot, I don't feel like telling them yeah. anything since I was a little girl. But, um, but yeah, it was something that I was sharing only with somebody who who was absolutely nonchalant about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. And it was uh, it was on the twenty first of December uh, thirty first of uh, December. Wow! So after after that, we had to come back home and celebrate. and uh, and celebrate. Wow. And I was not feeling like celebrating. I can so. imagine.
0: I'm sorry that you went
1: through that. But I have to, you know, to be there
0: for you and your yeah.
1: brother to make you feel like you know that that we were having a normal yes. uh, New Year's Eve.
0: You didn't want to. Did it ever occur to you to tell my brother and me when we were when that was happening?
1: No, because you we were very very little. And yeah. uh, actually, I, I we didn't even tell you for the two weeks we thought, or the three weeks we thought we were pregnant, because we had that first experience that the baby was lost. Yeah, you know that we had a miscarriage. Yeah, uh, before you you two came. And uh, I didn't want to raise your expectations. You were uh, so excited by a friend of yours who had a, <laughs> a little baby girl. So, so I I knew that I could only tell you once you were once sure. when when once the, the pregnancy was going yeah. all right. Which, according to the grandmothers, <laughs> it's only, you can only say that you are pregnant after the third month yeah. because yeah. the percentage of miscarriages the first three months is very high yeah
0: um did you feel a relief at all
1: no well
0: or just i guess i i, I
1: felt sad yeah. i felt very sad for not having the the opportunity to feel thrilled and happy for yeah. what was happening
0: it never did it ever occur to you and dad that you maybe would have an abortion
1: uh yes, was that part
0: of the conversation?
1: Yeah, yeah. The, 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 during those two three weeks, we knew that we were pregnant. Yes, yeah. Your daddy was pro it. Yeah, he was the one. Right. I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't have done it. Yeah, that was my decision.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really hard. And yeah. I'm sorry that you didn't have any support at that time. Mm-hmm. Or that at least Dad was your support. That's good.
1: Yeah. But, uh, well, it happened, and uh, I, I wanted a third baby, I wanted a third child but your father was saying of course because of all the uh economic restraints yeah. and uh and the age he he felt that with you two were our 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 marriage was complete yeah. perfect and he also didn't want to risk you know that balance uh if the baby didn't come well or, you know, yeah, that we, we, we were we were struggling to pay you first-class education, yeah. a third child probably meant that he has to go to a, a local school. Yeah. So he was a third grade member of our family or something like that. I mean, there were a lot of things yeah. to, to take into consideration. So, but then when it happened on unwanted uh, all those conversations came back
0: yeah do you feel that somehow your body if you ever felt that your body was listening to you and the miscarriage that happened was kind of your body also like you know in sync with your emotions and your mind and that, that, were, that
1: was part of the guilt right. that i felt That was the part. Of course, uh, that was the thought that crossed my mind all the time during the following months and uh, following. I mean, even now. Uh, But uh, you know, I'm. I I try to analyze situations and and think. uh, Scientifically about things, Right. right? And the first time I. I, I, I had the first miscarriage. The doctor explained me that after so many years taking the pill, very high percentage yeah. uh, uh, was uh, uh, unsuccessful mm-hmm. because your body needs to prepare itself, you know. And uh, and then when this this miscarriage happened, also I have nine years. I had nine years taking the pill every, every day. Then yeah. it actually happened because the gynecologist told me that I have to take a break of six months because the pill was not good. Yeah. Even though I was taking a pill that never had um, side collateral effects. side effects, I felt very well, and it was like a contemporary avant-garde pill. <laughs> i mean the last generation so yeah. so i i i heard her and i took a break and that that that's where, where it happened yeah um and then i understood that after 9 months taking the pill what happened nine to years. me nine um, i'm sorry nine years mm-hmm. of taking the pill what happened to me was the same that happened back in the 90s
0: yeah in the early 90s yeah i guess i i see that i see your guilt and your pain i also think in one way it's a beautiful thing that your body and your mind are and your emotions are in sync and connected and yeah i think it's very beautiful to know that your body is smarter than you are sometimes yeah that's true Should we wrap up the conversation? Mm-hmm. Do you have anything more you want to talk about?
1: Well, I, I, I can only say that I feel that that you are you love what you do and uh, you are doing it very professionally and you're dedicating yourself to this podcast with a lot of love. Um for the people who see themselves in, in, in a situation where other society or people around them will tend to judge them, yeah. So you are there for the for the ones in need, and I feel that it's really be- beautiful. And I always saw you in doing something for others, doing, doing all our, our work to make this world be better, um, to help the, the society, to help uh, people in need. So I'm very happy for that.
0: Thanks, Mama. I love you. I love you. <laughs> all right. Let's turn this off. (laughs) All right, that's the end of the episode. Mama, if you're listening to this, um, te amo. Gracias por siempre apoyarme y estar de mi lado y por tener esta conversación conmigo. Te amo mucho. Love you with passion and love and love and passion, as my mom always tells me. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. Thanks for following the podcast. You can reach me through Instagram or Twitter, or just go to my website, www.abortionwithlove.com. And you'll find all the information there. Um, so yeah, as my mom told me every morning on my way to school, have a nice and fruitful day and make good choices. I think she got that from Freaky Friday, but, um, need to confirm. Bye.
1: I, I think a world doing so much so because others. It brings clarity of who you want to be, who okay. we want to be with, the better.